All right, so welcome in. Today we're gonna to jump into the CPI and what this might mean for crypto, but also take a look at kind of the bigger market uh, portrayal as it plays out in the next couple of days. There's a lot happening this week that I think is really gonna play into how the market may fare, not only in December, but looking into 2023. My name is Paul Barrett. Welcome back into TechPath. Let's get into it today. A couple of things I wanna dive into. There's quite a bit here on the aspect of uh, what's happening with the CPI. But uh, before we get started, I just wanna jump over to our sponsor and thank them. That, of course, is iTrust Capital. If you guys, you know, they just changed the, uh, there's a whole new, I'm not sure what it is yet. I haven't got all the details, but they've changed out the 2023 uh, limits in which you uh, can actually, um, you know, achieve tax benefits. And that's both for people under 50 and over 50, both. I just saw the release on this. So I'm gonna get that for you because this will probably make your decision on how you're gonna go into your, uh, crypto IRAs and or your IRAs in general. But if you are going into crypto IRAs, this is the place to go. Check them out. You guys can learn and earn from them. And you can get 50 or excuse me, $100 in funding reward just by signing up with our link below. So just use that. Uh, it's pretty easy. A couple of things that you want to make uh, and be aware of, 6 billion in transactions, 185,000 accounts created. These guys seem to be uh, one of the more uh, stalwarts of the industry. Uh, and they have a ton of assets that you can trade, including gold and silver. Uh, remember, you, there's no fees monthly, and all you have to do is it's self-directed, uh, and you guys, of course, have control of that, and it's a 1% uh, trading fee. So that's uh, a pretty good program. Check it out. Use our link below. All right, so what's happening in the CPI? Will this have a long-term effect on markets in general? I think this is probably... One of the most important weeks of the year because of some of the things that are obviously rolling out in terms of data to us, but more importantly, uh, what we're seeing already with FTX, there's a lot happening. We're going to be covering a lot of this later in the three o'clock uh, for you guys today as well. We're also going to drop a Binance video for you uh, to give you an update on that. I know a lot of people have been asking about Binance and the USDC thing. We'll get to that for sure. Um, key events this week, uh, November CPI inflation. Let me kind of zoom in on this for you guys a little bit there. Uh, Fed interest rate decision, obviously, uh, tomorrow, uh, which we'll get. I'll talk a little bit about that. Retail sales, jobless claims data on Thursday. That's going to be important. This one is probably uh, even more so important uh, because this will start to lead into what's going to happen in February at the FOMC. It'll give us an indicator for what might happen in January. So again, more long-term and how you might play this out, uh, especially because the securities market has such an impact on what's happening over here in crypto. Uh, services and manufactured PMI on Friday. Critical, not uh, super critical, though I know my friend Darius would think uh, I'm crazy. Uh, more Q3 2022 earning results. Uh, these are some of the late stragglers that'll be coming in. So that'll round up the Q3. The big part of where we're going is going to be, and you've heard me say this many times, is the Q4 earnings. I think this is really starts to challenge the S&P 500 and, you know, securities in general. That'll happen in January. Uh, right now, as we have kind of discussed, and we've been kind of going at this for uh, quite some time, is if we get a softening of the CPI, likelihood is Bitcoin would make a little run. It did run to 18. We saw a little bit of leveling. I'll show you guys uh, a little bit toward the end of some charts on that, Bitcoin and ETH, so stick around for that. All right, a couple of things happening here. Dow is flat, giving up a little bit of an early gain from uh, what has been better than expected uh, CPI. And I think a lot of people were kind of caught a little bit flat-footed on this. Um, and when you think about what was being expected and what 
did actually happen is it's a positive sign in the sense that we could see we've seen the top of inflation here in the United States. Uh, we've seen you know three months in a row where we've seen softening of inflation, which has been good. These are the kind of things that will start to ease up from the Fed standpoint. But you have to remember something very, very clear, and that is that Chairman Powell, he's going for that 2% target. And to get to that 2% target, he understands the tightening. He doesn't have a lot of mechanisms and tool sets within the Fed that can really help him. Now, obviously, the CPI is part of this, but really the interest rate is going to be a, a big part of it, and that is being able to slow. Remember again, I say this a lot, is the trailing indicators, being real estate, being jobs, and also consumer credit. Those are the big ones that you have to watch out. The big one that will hit in January is going to be the Q4 earnings. So all these things are playing out in front of us right now. Uh, so a little bit going. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? I want to talk to you guys a little bit more on this whole JP Morgan thing. Uh, so here, here was kind of what people were anticipating. And especially if you look at you know, JP Morgan, others, I don't know that their analysts are spot on all the time, but at least they have enough data to look at to make some sort of competence, uh, you know, metrics. Uh, their scenario analysis for CPI day, this was the most likely outcome, according to JPM, uh, between 7.2 and 7.4, which would send the S&P 500 uh, higher by 2 to 3%. This is kind of where it was going. And then they gave this little uh, scenario analysis, a 7.8. I don't even know why they put that on there. I just didn't see anything coming at us at that rate. 7.5 uh, seven, to 7.7, seven, seven, probably a, a little bit different. Um, and then a 7.2 to 7.4 up to, you know, and then right here, the 772 uh, around a 15% probability uh, up four. So not a bad situation uh, overall. I think it came in, you know, slightly under, but they kind of created a little bit more of a breadth to where the market might respond based on what was up, uh, up for grabs really with the CPI. So the fact that we saw uh, almost... Uh, Almost that 300 basis points that I was talking about is when we get to, um, or three-tenths of a basis points, when we get to that kind of level is where we would see some really big movements. And, I, I, and one thing that we were looking at is anything around the seven figure was really going to get active for not only securities, but I think Bitcoin and, and ETH. Notice also, and I think you guys are watching the charts enough, not a lot of other projects moved with this. Uh, including metaverse gaming, many of those that, uh, but when you look at ETH and Ethereum here in a minute, uh, or ETH and Bitcoin in a minute, y y there was movement. And I, I think this also says something around where the flight to security is right now in the crypto markets and why it's very important uh, to be in those two assets. So here's Alf talking about strong downside surprise in CPI and core inflation. Pals wish to keep equity markets animal spirits at bay just became a little bit more difficult. So his meeting tomorrow is going to be very, very interesting. And the reason is, is I want you to kind of step through the process here. You're the Fed, you're, we know how this works. Uh, we understand a lot of the data and research with exception of these final reports are done weeks in advance. Fed is kind of slow moving monolithic decision-making process to day of FOMC and then they pull out their number. Most likely that number's been inked uh, yesterday or the day before, maybe even a week ago. And that number, which a lot of people are pointing to, is 50 basis. If that is the case, 
and we we see a surprise like what we've seen right now with uh, inflation. And you know, the good thing is is that we're seeing the consecutive months of downturn inflation. This is a very good sign for Powell. Now, can it be enough to tilt him to a quarter? That's the real question, which I think a lot of people now are putting a little bit higher percentage-wise. Even though I think 50 is still the play, the question will be whether or not he feels that this is the time to do it. Because they are going to try to get to this quarter basis points. And I'll play a clip here in a second to give you a little bit of a... uh, a pop on this. But if you look at put call, this is what would slow it down right here is these kind of reactions in the market. And this is the other thing that concerns me, everyone. And I think everybody has to listen to this in the sense of where the market mentality is right now. Market mentality right now is still hoping for any little news to be able to get the market to move. And this, of course, is big news. This is a big sledgehammer. And this is, this is something that concerns me because this is not the way Powell is expecting the market to behave. We're still much higher than uh, where we will be when we start to see these additional uh, quantitative easing scenarios play out in terms of the budget, but also looking at how the Fed is going to respond to a lot of these lagging indicator numbers coming at them because they're getting more and more data Every day, we're starting to see job numbers change. We'll start to see the real estate scenarios change. And then business lending, all those kind of things will start to factor in. Obviously, all this plays into what happens tomorrow at FOMC. We'll be streaming that live for you guys. By the way, if you guys like uh, these kind of breakdowns, make sure and smash the like button. It does help people kind of understand what's happening. You know, not only in crypto, but in general, just getting your head around macroeconomics and just the basis of how business works, how stocks work in general, and how the markets are playing. Sometimes people are trading pretty blind and looking strictly at charts and just kind of following those. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying many times macro has so much pressure on the responses of how these markets move. So right now, I think we're in one of those places uh, where macro is really playing into this. Here's Victor Xi. Talking about this breaking inflation drop significantly uh, to 7.1 in November, which is, you know, 0.6 lower than October. Uh, Bottom line here is the Dems, President Biden, they are going to take a big win on this. And I think uh, I'm actually going to say, okay, that's fine, (laughs) because this is a big win. Uh, Now, granted, we don't need to spiral into a recession with an over-tightening question will be, do, does uh, Chairman Powell get any more pressure from the Dems to continue this push? Because if timing is going to be very critical for 23, 23 leading up into 24 presidential selections, we'll start to see that. This will be a very, very interesting timing. Uh, and if they can claim wins over recorrecting the economy in 2023, this will be a huge position for the Democratic to stump on. They need to do it early enough and the market needs to correct early enough to really make a difference in 2024 because 2023 will also be looked at, well, we have bipartisan now. That's why this is happening. Many Republicans and you know the Dems control each of, the, each of the, the primary bodies of Congress. So that, I think, is going to be very critical here. So I would agree with them. I think uh, right now uh, it's a little bit leaning on, on the blue side of the aisle, so, which is good. Good. No problems. Uh, Joe Consorti kind of did something here. Joe does some great research out there. I love his Twitter account. You guys should follow Joe. Let him know I sent you. 
Uh, even if the Fed uh, only hiked 25 uh, bips tomorrow, uh, and they, they won't. I agree with him. I don't think they will. Uh, the two-year yield would still be fall, fall way below Fed funds rate, which is one of the big factors there. Then you'd have short, uh, short rates, you know, obviously moving opposite of the, what the policy signals are. And I think in, in the scenario like this, the end of, and this is the point he's making. Let me kind of zoom in on this. The end of the hike cycle is upon us. So what he means is those hikes that we saw, 75, 75, 75, you know, this re- retracement down to 50, now we could be on that stair step down to zero basis points, meaning in terms of a hike, in terms of, of interest rate. And I, I would agree because the key is to get over the top. Now, remember, when the Fed pivot occurs, and it could, when I think we see a pivot occurs, when we see a 25, a 10, and obviously a zero, when that occurs, that's when we really have to concern ourselves with what's happening in the marketplace, what's happening in the demand side, consumer demand side, and even uh, you know supply side in the market itself. Those are the things that are going to play out in the early part of 2023 that will help dictate whether or not we see a late 23 uh, recession demise. Those are the things that we're watching very closely. It's also why I think uh, mid-23 is going to be some opportunities for real estate, and I think it's going to be some opportunities for uh, crypto. But in the short term, just to give you guys uh, a a framework where I think we're going, you know, in terms of my predictions based on macro, based on sentiment data, based on charts, all these things that play into the module that we use here in CryptoPit and just in general is I think we do get the 50. We're going to see a little bit of movement. We'll probably retest. We're coming off that right now. Let me see where we are just this moment. Let me jump over to Bitcoin real quick. All right, so it's still on that red testing down to around 17.7. So we'll get the retest in here. Question is how far on this retest and how does the remarks come in from Powell? So what we're looking for now from Powell is whether or not we'll get hawkish push on this. Remember last time uh, at the FOMC, we streamed it live. We'll do it again this year. And it's going to be very critical. We'll live stream kind of the the chart um, movement as well. Remember last time he went, he started a little dovish and it was almost as if they were watching the charts. And then he went so hard on the industry, on what he was going to do to correct this. He just went really, really hard on uh, what was happening. And with that on the economy itself. And I think that is the question mark. It's going to be the question mark on the remarks after the announcement of the interest rates. Um, Personally, I think he's going to be a little bit hawkish because he is not really going to be fond of this little move uh, in the stock exchange, but he's also not going to be uh, fond of what we're seeing already in crypto. Not that he's watching crypto. I don't think it's a big deal. It's a trillion dollar market, so not a big deal. But back to my uh, prediction is that I think we get the 50. I think we see a soft. We may see another little run here. Uh, That's very possible up to around the 18, maybe an 18 plus, or if we get hawkish, then we'll see the slide. So if you're playing short on this, that may be a good model. If you had purchased something on a swing trade and you want a place to sell, maybe the 17.5 plus range is a good spot. Again, not financial advice. That's kind of the things that I'm doing uh, to get out there. So those are the the strategies I'm looking at. I do think that what we are going to see in January is a corrected market, mainly because of what we'll see in earnings and the additional data that's going to be piling out 
of the year, and especially on year end. Everything from jobs, real estate, you know, new housing builds, everything is going to be coming at us in January, which is why we don't have an FOMC meeting in January. They're going to need some time to digest this data. We'll see the first FOMC meeting in February. So uh, that, I think, is going to be a good, uh, a good time to take a look at some op- options, whether you're looking at, and when I say options, options for dollar-cost average or acquisition if you're looking at long-term holds, those kind of things that play into this. I wanted to play uh, this little cut right here from Bloomberg. This was, I thought, was a good statement. Uh, I think it was in this 103 range. Let me pull it up and see. And the, and the metric that the Fed targets. How do you think Chairman Powell navigates this one tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's one where obviously they can step down to 50 basis points. I really do think that they want to step down to 25 basis points as quickly as they can. And so data of this nature allows them likely to do that in the, in the February meeting if we get another data point like this. And that really then allows them to calibrate policy the best that they can. If there is a path to a soft landing, going to, down to 25 basis points in February helps to optimize that. I think they also want to avoid this kind of stop-start uh, tightening cycle that, that they may have to do, meaning pause only to re-hike at some point. I think they can avoid that the best by stepping down to 25 basis points at the February meeting. This type of data helps that. All right, so he said some very, very critical things right there. And I'm in agreement to, uh, and, uh, with him to a certain extent. Let me, let me explain why. The, okay, so the, the situation on the, the pause, start, stop. Remember we were 75s, hitting, hitting, hitting. You know, we weren't seeing a big adjustments. Obviously, whether you believe in the metrics and the tool set that the Fed has and that that had some indicators, I think it really, markets react to high prices, okay? I know you guys understand high prices. We've seen almost a 20% increase in restaurant, the uh, restaurant industry, one of the highest increases in food that we've seen in almost three decades. These are the kind of numbers that will cause these kinds of pushes down. This is what I think we're going to continue to see. But I feel like this is going to be a lagging effect of continued high prices, which is going to continue to possibly maybe do these little, you know, jaggedy edges of the CPI. That's the concern. So I don't think he's going to go soft on his remarks, meaning I think we're going to get some hawkish statements. My angle is that uh, we're going to go sideways and we're going to see a dip. That's kind of where I'm going. I would agree with him. He's not going to uh, go out too early. Uh, he's going to wait back and let's see if this data can continue to hold. If we start seeing more of this coming at us, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, relief pressures on the valve, so to speak, because of all these lagging indicators that will show up in uh, Q1. And I think that's when we start to see it. And this is what we've been uh, saying all along is Q1 and Q2 of next year, very critical for not only the S&P and some of the key stocks that I think drive some of the market uh, direction, but also uh, a lot is the tech stocks. Uh, but also a lot of indicators here for the primary blue chips in crypto. Bar the point of XRP. XRP plays into this because of the potential um, regulation and or decision we're going to see. That could play out uh, in a very interesting way that could affect a lot of the market much greater than a lot of people are looking at. The other thing that plays into this is this whole SBF arrest. Now we've got Congress pushing an agenda in the questions. We'll show that in our S, in our SBF uh, piece and I'll talk a little bit about that um, at our three o'clock show. And I want, we're going to show some clips there that you guys are going to be just, I think, very surprised by. But the point being is that it could put some undue, not undue, some 
most like pressure on the crypto markets that plays into this. All right, Bitcoin sees CPI volatility, lower inflation. Obviously, uh, since Bitcoin priced 18, we, we kind of expected this. I don't think we expected the, uh, the amount of difference here. With the amount of difference, I, I actually kind of thought we might take off a little bit more. When we got the number, um, I was really feeling that this might uh, take us up to as high as 19, but uh, didn't go there. Uh, all these items index 7.1% from the 12, uh, 12 months ending November. Uh, this was the smallest 12-month increase since the period ending December 2021. That's good. Uh, let me highlight that over because we're losing it on the, on the split. Um, massive short squeeze on its way in the market, I would agree. Uh, and then this, you know, still better than expected, but still very high. You know, these, these are still high percent, which is why I think we'll be hawkish. And then the price is testing a massive resistance zone here and forming a, a new lower high. Um, and this guy says, hey, I'm still 100% out of the market. And the many people went in on this. And if you were buying at that 15.8 uh, a couple of weeks ago, this might be your exit point. I've got some Bitcoin. We'll probably do an exit on this today uh, and uh, make a look at some options for uh, grabbing some DCA in January. Uh, but it is coming down faster than expected. So bullish up until it turns into a deflationary panic. This will happen in Q1, Q3. Uh, 2023, what I'm saying. Final low round, then bullish into 2024. Again, back half of 23 is kind of where I'm looking. So lots happening here, guys. Uh, we'll get the 50 tomorrow. Uh, we'll get some hawkish statements and you know get ready for an adjustment. And I think Bitcoin will probably settle back in somewhere around 16.7, 16.8, uh, unless we get some FTX pressure and some regulatory scares, which could start to push Bitcoin uh, severely down into the 14s, um, which is kind of where we've been targeting uh, for quite some time. Bitcoin right now, again, a little bit on the, let's go to the, yeah, that's the four hour. So let me kill this out of here and show you guys the, uh, let's go to the one hour. And you can kind of see on the one hour, it's taking that a little bit of movement, though it is getting a little bit of uh, pump right here on 17.7. But give me an idea of how you guys are trading this. Are you looking at Holding right now through tonight and dropping in the morning. If you're if you're even trading this, you may be in a situation of hey, listen, I'm I'm in Bitcoin and I'm just a long-term holder. That has nothing to do with this. But long-term wise, uh, I think this starts to really kind of give us a short uh, reprieve. But this is not one that is going to stand. This is not going to stand. Markets are not going to. It cannot. You know, until we start to see a sub five percent. Uh, inflation. Once we start to see that, then I think we've got a uh, whole new open water uh, ahead of us. A lot of things have to happen for that to go there, though. All right, let's go into, uh, yeah, here was another one. You know, So this is the, the big deal. This is um, Binance seeing $1.9 billion in withdrawals last 24 hours. This is potential people locking way or selling and going ahead and withdrawing and or looking at new ways uh, in the market to hold down because we're they're getting ready to go uh, into what they think might be a big price adjustment. Uh, so there's a lot happening there. Other things too, stocks, gold, Bitcoin, uh, and the euro both after C. Everything was up. You know, so you can kind of see here. Let me zoom in on that right there. So interesting stuff. Are you guys holding what major tokens? I'm much curious, you know. Sam Bankman making the, uh, and then um, that was it. Yep, I think so. And then let me pull up uh, this last story here, and then we'll take some questions. Uh, Bitcoin and ETH hit monthly highs. Uh, this was, of course, what we what we expect, about 2.75 uh, 
uh, and Ethereum took almost a 4% uh, within 30 minutes of the announcements. That's the kind of, this to me is the thirsty zone of investing right now. Everybody is wanting something so badly because we have been such boring markets and bad situations for such a long time. Don't get caught in this, okay? Don't get caught in this. Let's jump over to the poll real quick and take a look. All right, crypto market will, oh, rally further, 60%. All right, I'm going to have to go, guys, with the, the hawkish number. I think he's going to go hawkish on us, uh, so I'm going to go with crash tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we'll wrap this one up. Remember that the 3 o'clock live stream will be the one for you guys. We'll get that. At what, it's going to be a lot of stuff coming at you on the this whole SBF issue, which I think has the longer effect on how Bitcoin and the crypto market is going to respond you know, through Q1 uh, this year. So uh, let's actually, there's a couple of questions. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you guys later. Okay. Uh, make sure and subscribe if you're not already in here on the channel. That's the number one tip you can give to me uh, and to our team here is for the hard work they put in is just subscribe to the channel, like a few videos, and that'll help. If you want to dive in a little deeper, get into that diamond circle. It's free. Uh, we're doing a hundred. Uh, we're doing a bunch of giveaways for uh, the twelve days of Christmas. So pay attention to that. It's a it's a pretty cool little, little program we're going to be doing. Uh, catch us at three o'clock. If you guys want to catch me on Twitter, it's out there uh, on Twitter at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on Tech Bath.